Hello and welcome to Mediation Matters. This series of podcasts explores how mediation can make the world a better place. Join me, Adam Gersh, founder and CEO of Global Mediation, the most active and fastest growing national provider of mediation services, as I discuss the latest developments, trends, updates, and important topical questions with real experts in the field. In this series, we will be exploring how to disagree well. We will take a behind the scenes look at mediation and we will share essential mediation skills and their practical application in a variety of conflict situations. And now for our special guest, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Mediation Matters. And I'm joined in the Global Mediation Studios uh, across the water mediation uh, in, in Northern Ireland um, by Ender Young, who is making a big difference in the world of mediation in Northern Ireland. Greetings. Lovely. Thanks, Adam. And thanks for having me with you. Not at all. Pleasure. Um, now, we had a great time when we met recently in Northern Ireland, and you're now um, not probably not so recently, but CEO of Mediation NI. Is that right? I am indeed, Adam. This is, I think, officially coming up to my first 90 days. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so tell us about some of the things that you've been uh, doing that led you up to uh, becoming um, CEO there. Uh, thanks, Adam. Um, yeah, so listen, thanks um, for inviting me on, Adam. And my, myself, I kind of joke with people, I'm a recovering mechanical engineer. Um, that, that was my original degree. But I've been involved in, in this work, conflict resolution, mediation, for, I guess, over 20 years now. And, and I guess that grew out of um, growing up in Northern Ireland. I got involved in cross-community work when I was in my early teens, and really, I got involved with an organization which was set up after the Enniskill and Bauman, which is actually 35 years ago this month. And I guess probably maybe go back a little bit to that. And when that particular bomb went off, um, Gordon Wilson and, and his uh, daughter Marie were, um, as I'm sure you remember, Adam, were, were, were buried underneath that particular wall. Um, Marie uh, died with Gordon underneath the wall. And, and her, her last words were, Daddy, I love you very much. Now, he then got um, interviewed by the BBC. And obviously, you know, you, you know, going through that horrific experience, what people weren't expecting him to say was, um, I think the exact words were, I bear no will, will, I, I bear no grudge, dirty sort of talk is, is not going to bring her back to life. And and when that aired, you know, when I've been working with people around that area uh, since that, that actually did save an awful lot of people's lives in terms of retaliation. And it wow. made people stop and and and, and take a, a step back, you know. And, and part of that legacy um, the organization that was set up with Gordon was the Spirit of Enniskill and Trust. And every year, 50 young people would go away, uh, age group of 10, five girls, five boys, five Catholics, five Protestants. And you, you spend about eight months looking at conflict resolution work, among other things. And part of that, I went to the States and, 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 and I was lucky enough when I was a kid to go away on that. And, and through that, I remember one particular day um, when I was about 17 or 18, um, these two people came in and did a one day training course in mediation. And I remember just being really genuinely taken back and going, what is that? And how to do that for the rest of my life, right? So I, I continued, got my degree in engineering, but studied with mediation Northern Ireland at the time, even when I was doing engineering, to, to get paid enough when I wanted to change degrees to be a mediator. Um, so I did that when I, uh, and I went back and did a, a master's in theory, culture, and identity. A shift between mechanical engineering and theory, culture, and identity was, I still kind of shudder thinking about the, that, that change uh, in terms of modules and all, and, and just where my, you know, what did your head, right? Um, and I now, I guess, 
20 years on, I'm now the, the MD of that particular organization. So it kind of feels like coming home for me. Um, it's an organization I, I believe a lot in. Um, and it's an organization that I see that there's um, <laughs> an awful lot of work still to be done in Northern Ireland and in this part of the world in general. Yeah, and it's fantastic. I mean, we do some work in Northern Ireland and we share uh, some fantastic mediators who are on the indeed, panel. Indeed, we do indeed. Adam. And, I, and, uh, and also on Global Mediation uh, panel. And um, I, I think the experience, as you describe, uh, the experience of um, coming from a place of conflict and actually having that transformative um, um, route into you know something which is uh, very positive um, is, is special to Northern Ireland. And one of the things I was fascinated about when we met is you were um, telling me about some of the uh, types of mediation that are done in Northern Ireland or that you've been involved in, which are really unique. You know, come from the troubles and so on. Can you tell us more about uh, uh, about some of the experiences that you and some of the mediators have had? in dealing with the conflict resolution in NI. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, Adam. I mean, I, I think it, it's a few things. One, I think there's a great place to have, I, I often say to people, there's a great place to learn your trade, right? You know, working, here's where the theoretical constructs of mediation are and mediation processes. And actually, here's when you're working in a place which is still deeply divided, you know, among religious lines, lines, in terms of, you know, the legacy over what happened in this part of the world. And do you, um, do you feel that on an everyday basis? Do you, do you, do you feel that... Under the surface, I mean, when I when I visited, people say, you know, um, people who visit, you know, when you visit Northern Ireland, you, you're very welcome, and it's a very warm place. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes mm -hmm. it's said that uh, you, you know people are very friendly to everyone outside; they're just mm -hmm. not always so friendly to each other. But I mean, is that, that you, you feel yeah. that still? Well, I think that you know, I'm 39 years old, so I'm a child of the peace process, right? So I'm not, you know, there's a whole generation of people who who, who helped make the peace in our part of the world. And, and I'm not one of them. So, you know, I, I've come from the tail end of that, right? In terms of what that took to do those things and, and to, you know, to have those long, long dialogue processes and those difficult processes where you, you were a threat and all of those difficult times. The hard reality though is, you know, when you look at the statistics, you know, we still have over 90% of our social housing segregated. We still have over 90% of our, of our education segregated. So, what you know, are we, we're in a much, 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 much better place than we were when I was growing up as a kid, right? And yet, looking at Northern Ireland protocols, looking at post-Brexit, looking at you know, potentials for, you know, you know, votes to have, you know, a border poll, all of those, you know, difficult issues you know, absolutely, um, and in my opinion, have have raised tensions in this part of the world. You know, you know, even the fact that we come in twenty five years, you know, up to the anniversary of our Good Friday Belfast Agreement, that we don't have a functioning government. Yeah. You know, I think it's very hard to argue that there isn't um, some difficult legacies and societal yeah. elements that that are still here, right? Yeah. You know, um, are there an awful lot of good people doing an awful lot of hard work behind the scenes, as there always has oh. been? But are tensions higher than they have been, particularly on a political level? Arguably, yeah. yes. Yeah. And how, Arguably. how does that, what sort of mediation experiences have your team had or have you had that are, are unique yeah. to um, to NI, to Belfast? Yeah. Well, I think there's a few things, and I guess it goes back to our conversation a little bit as well, Adam. I often think that, you know, there's a uniqueness in terms of the context. Yeah. But then there's a bit underneath that all that people are people hurt is hurt and harm is harm is kind of where yeah. I operate from. So there's that idea that, you know, how people want to be, you know, psychologically safe, physically safe, you know, uh, don't want their autonomy, a pinch upon all the stuff that makes us who we are. And 
we have that lens of of the Northern Irish context. So, um, for example, working on the interfaces, you know, um, on those parts of the world which are which are very much still um, divided physically. And we also talk about the invisible interfaces, you know, I come from a small town in the middle of Northern Ireland, and yet there's no interface walls there, no physical barriers. Right. But most small towns, you know, where one side of the town starts and the other side of the town finishes, you know, yeah. and that can be demarcated by shops, by roundabouts, by flagposts, whatever that might be. Um, so things to think about in terms of the conflict sensitivity with all mediation, clearly we have the do no harm principles, but also the, the you know, the, the, the gender sensitivities and stuff we would have normatively in, in any mediation. We also have to be very clear around the, the, the conflict sensitivities. Uh, yeah. You know, if I'm sending a mediators out, um, do they need to be the, at least the perception of a, uh, of a political identity or of um, a religious background? You know, do they have um, to be quite new. Do the mediators have to be? I mean, it's a big topic in mediation, isn't yeah. it? You know, if you have a mediator who's this color or that color or this religion or that religion, you know, how does that work? You know, because they're the mediator. Um, ultimately, you can't have everybody in a mediator. Do Do you no. think that the um, would you mm. say that the mediators are just skilled in using um, neutral language and and instilling confidence that they are impartial rather yeah. than being you know representative of the identities of everyone or is there an element in which there's there's a, an attempt to balance the the, the reflection of the panel to um to, to reflect the community how do you how I, would, I would say it's a little bit of both I mean, I think without a doubt, there's a cognizant, uh, you know, being cognizant of the language and of the impartiality and the neutrality. But so much of that, particularly within a conflict context, comes back to your own credibility, comes back to, you know, uh, are you a trusted party as well? Even more so when there's no nuances. So if we have mediators you know, who are perceived to be from one part of the, you know, the cultural identity or on the other, it doesn't mean that they absolutely cannot mediate on the with the other side. I've spent, you know, I spent a lot of my time you know, especially, you know, you know, a few years ago, predominantly working with people who were perceived to be not from my, you know, religious identity. Um, and those are the places that I've personally learned most from. Um, does it mean that I can't mediate? No, it absolutely means that I can. And yet we still need to be cognizant of that because there, there still may be potential safety issues, for example, you know, mm. if you're working within former paramilitary structures and um, working within security issues in terms of the with police services and stuff like that. So there's still security issues here that we need to be cognizant of. There's the if, for myself and having teams of mediators, you know, there's uh, there's the safety of my mediators as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also fundamentally, it comes back to, 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 me, to, to, to who we're working with. Have we asked the people who we're working with who they want as a mediator, right? Yeah, you know, that's very good, what, yeah. What, you know, what assumptions do we have? Well, they can't work with them because they're from there. Who says? Yes, you know, so that's a very good. It's a very good point, actually. We sometimes uh, bend over backwards, don't we, to try and make it fair? And actually, the people themselves uh, haven't asked for that, you know. With, but t tell me about it because it's an interesting thing and it's different. Mm. I mean, I, I I'm thinking of um, you know the mediators doing a commercial mediation in Fleet Street, you know, sitting yeah. around with their files. Safety is yeah. the last thing on their mind. Do you have mediations where people have had to wear you know protective clothing or take special precautions? Um, certainly had mediations where people have had to take precautions. So, for example, um, one transformative mediation which involved with over seven years, we negotiated over, for example, where, um, what hotel, what venue is safe um, right. both from all parties um, and things like that. Myself and my co-mediators at the time, they were thinking things through like physical safety, like 
how far, if there was a bomb scare, for example, or if there was a security threat, whatever that might be, how far would uh, those physical individuals have to get to get to the, the safety exit for the emergency exit? Right? And, but you there know. have been, you, you were telling me, I think when we met, that yeah. there, there were, during the marching season, there were um, street mediations where people were uh, issued. Oh, with yes, absolutely. So mediation, absolutely, Adam. Yeah, thank you. So during... Um, um, several years ago, uh, Mediation Northern Ireland had a program which you were uh, was part of the program in terms of being a, a monitor. So you were uh, in a mediative capacity invited out to certain interface areas, for example. And your role would be to literally walk the peace lines and to see, you know, to, 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 to be an impartial monitor for what was happening. So if something did kick off, if there was golf balls thrown or whatever that might be, the idea of going, well, actually, this came from over here and this was the issue over here. And you would be part of the system which would work with people on the ground who were living and working there to enable them to to, to, to take the tensions down. So you so does, as, the media, as, does the mediator go towards the people throwing golf balls or do the, <laughs> do the people throwing golf balls, are they ushered towards the, the mediator? Yeah. How does it work? In that case, you were working with the people on the ground. So other um, uh, other uh, community representatives, you were wearing literally physically a bump cap, so physical cap with um, with protection on it, and you were identified as a monitor. Again, right. you went where you were invited, and you went with people from both sides of the communities on those interfaces. So you were able to, you know, that idea that it wasn't you just, you know, being parachuted in to fix the problem. You were there to support with invitation with the people who live and work there. Yeah. As a did they understand it? Was it did, did, was there an understanding that you're the? I mean, sometimes the mediator is the person to beat up on. I think we've all experienced that in a mediation where you're the person. Or, or sometimes the mediation, the mediator absorbs some of the some of the yeah. problem and is, is is sort of on everyone's side. How, how yeah. did how, how was it mostly received? Is it that the, the, the mediators are, are are respected? Yeah, I mean it. Uh, I from myself and the experience that I had, you you because you were there in on the invitation of those individuals who were living and working. I think that's the key bit. Yeah. You know, that you weren't just out randomly walking the streets with no invitation and no mandate. Right. So there's a there's um, a buy-in that, that all the time, everyone knows there's going to be mediators there. And yeah. um what yeah. what are the sorts of disagreements that might arise on the street with tempers frayed and people you know wanting to presumably people wanting to physically harm each other yeah i mean take one of the mediations that um that i've been involved in for for quite a while um and some of those tensions were around um flags issues um you know right. identity markers mm. um that particular area was around a protect uh, potential uh, a particular period which would happen every year so uh, at that time um, there was um, uh, legal frameworks in place with the Parades Commission. Applications would go in for the Parades Commission. There would be like physically how many metres out in the middle of the road that that particular uh, band was allowed to, to walk. Other than you would have counter-protests on the other side of that. Then you would have the police there, you know, obviously local community representatives, um, local council. And we were very much working with people before, after and during those, uh, uh, those marches, for example, which we would help keep the line of communications open through mobile phone networks um, and through basically going like, you know, what was the intention of that act and what was the impact, you know, and very much working, you know, it wasn't just showing up on the day. It was doing an awful lot of work for months beforehand. 
And there was other issues in the community, not just the parade, which were outworkings of the parade. Mm-hmm. But in that particular case, that much more transformative mediation process where we weren't necessarily doing it, this is stage one, this is stage two, this is stage three. You know, yeah. in reflection, it was very much a process built by the people who were involved on all levels. Sometimes that might be meeting with one particular community side um, and each community side in itself was fractured, right? So there wasn't just one side versus another side in that traditional conflict. There were multiple identities, multiple views over even that parade from from all sides. Yeah. And never mind when you throw in statutory agencies and so on, right? Sure. And um, can, can you give us an example of one that you've been involved in or a typical sort of engagement that uh, that, that, that you've had that might be... I mean, th- these these um, signs and flags and routes and things are if you if you're not from if you're from outside Northern Ireland, it's hard to to, to get your head around. But they're incredibly poignant. I mean, they're incredibly meaningful and yeah. important to, to 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 those who uh, um, who, who want to uh, put forward their their viewpoint. Yeah. And as you say, I think what you've hinted at is that they are significant of deeper things. I mean, they, they, these these are things which go yeah. back a long, 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 long time. And uh, you know, you're not going to fix overnight, or you're not going to come to an answer. But so, what what would be a what what would be a sort of a typical um, you know mediation or engagement that um, you might have been involved in? In that particular uh, context, um, you would have different outworkings over um, intercommunity tensions, for example. So um, there is obviously the marches, flags going up. And I think in one particular year, um, a particular flag went up on a Christmas tree. And uh, I'm just thinking back to this time of year. Um, but it's rarely about, you know, the actual issue itself, right? So, for yes. example, goalposts were getting cut down from one community side, Um you know, multiple, multiple issues around those things. And part of our role as any mediator is trying to move it away from that, you know, me versus you, that, you know, it's, you know that flag that's been put up because it's rarely about that positional element, as we know, mm-hmm. right? You know, and part of the role that I was involved with, particularly in, in those communities was, well, actually, what's the interest? It's about, you know, self-determination. It's about respect. It's about, you know, um, being able to hold my identity, which wasn't infringing upon yours, the, the difference between cultural aggression versus cultural expression and where that line was. Um, and part of the role that I was doing at the time was was working through with those individuals. And part of that might not have just been a traditional mediation, although that was absolutely happening, but also maybe, you know, part of it was training people in conflict resolution work, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. both on a single identity and across community basis. Part of that's working with young people. Part of that's working with some of the more, you know, elder mediation within the area. Part of that's transformative mediation. Part of it in reflection was actually conflict coaching um, and being a support network for those people within leadership roles within both of those communities. Well, I'm, as I'm well, glad you, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad you mentioned that because you have a lot of experience, don't you, as a, as a, as a conflict coach. And it's something we've talked about, yeah. um, coaching yeah. and mentoring. And that there are, I think, I mean, the way we see it is that there are two sorts of traditions of mediation. There's a sort of counselling mm. and coaching. And yeah. then there's a sort of more legal-based um, you know, CPD type mediation where you don't have supervision, but you get, you know, you go on courses and things like that. And um, you, you, you've been involved, I think, in a little bit of both traditions, haven't you? So you, you, you've done yeah. you, you, mediation NI, as I understand it, you do a training course with um, law students. 
Yeah, we do indeed through uh, the University of Ulster. We have a nine-day training program, and we're just about to roll out a whole bunch of other training programs next year about how to have difficult conversations and so on. Um, and also, as you said, I mean, part of it is a hugely important element for me around uh, coaching as well. You know, yeah. coaching for me being a, a potential pre-mediation phase, um, a support to mediation phase, and even a, a post-mediation or instead of mediation, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, depending on, and I think I was telling you a quick story of an individual who was working with Adam recently. Individual came in and it looked like, you know, having issues, difficulties dealing with conflict within his organization. Um and part of it was, you know, was there a mediation? What's the process that's needed here? It was very clear this person needed support over a year and coaching. So 90 minutes for um, every two months for the year. Uh, part of that, when they were looking at his, you know, was Thomas Kilman in terms of his conflict style. And and we worked this through a fairly intense coaching process over 12 months. And I'm just about to finish uh, with him in a couple of weeks time. And the difference that that's made in terms of the conversations, the last conversation was actually has helped him reframe how he deals with his daughters. Never mind his direct reports. Yeah. Um, uh, that idea of what did you want versus what did you get, that idea of of thinking through actually, you know, what is the intention versus the impact of my statements? You know, what is my style? How do I become more flexible? All of those deeper things, which are super useful within mediations, but sometimes we don't get time to explore. Yeah, uh, I think it's so process. important. And we, we run... Um, you know, along similar, I think we've got a shared sort of ethos in terms of uh, training yeah. and best practice. But, you know, we run a, an accredited uh, mediation uh, course. And our, I mean, on our course, mm. we have a mixture of lawyers and non-lawyers. And thinking about our mm. panel of, of, of people that we share, I think mm. they're mainly non-lawyers. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You come from a non-law background. Yeah. What, what do you think yeah. about the sort of different, um, you know, I, I mean, it's hard to, 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 to generalize, of course, but uh, <laughs> I, I think from coming from a legal background, I think it's actually harder for lawyers to um, transform yeah. into mediators. I mean, if they've got the maturity um, yeah. and they know how to step back and not give advice, but um, yeah. lawyers yeah. are very judgmental. As, you know, we like to give people advice and tell them what to do. And it's a very <laughs> different mindset, isn't it? it? It is. And I think for me, I'm a huge believer in, you know, in 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 the system having different skills in the system in itself. So, you know, so when we're working with the law side and we're learning that idea of that's mediations that we don't necessarily do, and yet we can be a referral agent, right? Um, because there's a different there is a different skill set that's required for I mean that the legalistic knowledge background, all of that. Some of the best mediators I know come from a lawyer background, right? And 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 yet to your point as well, what what I what I see also sometimes, and I kind of you know connect this a little bit with professional negotiators when I'm training them as well, that some professional, sometimes the most tricky people that I've trained over the last few years are professional negotiators who want to become professional mediators, right? And and part of that is, I think, then what I've come to see is super skilled individuals, super experienced, um, and yet fundamentally through training, nature, nurture, all of those complex issues of what makes us us, right? They're fixers. They're people who just want to fix yeah. the problem. You know, yeah. and, and do you know what? They're very good at fixing the problem. And and all of a sudden now they're getting trained to be mediators. And as we know, that that ability to take a step back and a genuine step back to know it's not your problem, therefore it's not your solution. And and, and when I and it's same also, by the way, when I see people becoming executive coaches, for example, and that shift, you're waiting yep. for almost the penny to drop sometimes and going, I don't have to fix this. And actually, if I do fix this, what do we know? The ownership's going to be removed and it's less likely to be a long-term solution anyway. 
yeah you know yeah and i suppose you've made that leap as well because if you come from an engineering yeah. background presumably yeah. um yeah. you know your your natural yeah. uh, training was to yeah. fix yeah. things and to sort out yeah. solutions yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Fact, <laughs> definitely that you found that the solution is mediation to let other people yeah. come to where they want to be. In fact, yeah, I mean, really, really that. fascinating. And I'm also fascinated by the numbers of people that we share both in both organizations mm-hmm. where people have had a sort of different career and yeah, a different background yeah. and training, and they bring that to, to mediation practice, which is, I find yeah. fascinating. Um, and, yeah. and perhaps I'll think about it as well, but if you could pick one skill or technique that's underused in, mm-hmm. in, in mediation, um, something that everybody really should be working on that's not, you know, people don't always do. Uh, mm. what, what, what what do you think that would be from your, um, uh, your experience? It's a great question, Adam. I mean, I mean, the, the, the very, I mean, the first one that always comes to mind is clearly listening, right? I mean, and, and I would imagine you ask nine or 10 meteors will give you that answer. Um, and I think quite often we cognitively remember that, but emotionally forget that sometimes, right? Yeah. When, when we are in, you know, when we have, if you're, if you have a busy practice and you have multiple mediations that day, you know, you know that you're going home tired, right? You know that you're going to be in your system two thinking, you know that you're physically going to be eating more energy if you are genuinely listening. Um, yeah. And I think the thing that I couple with that, and I see this mediation as well, is, is your, yes, your ability to listen, but it's also coupled with your with your ability t- to manage your own personal resilience, right? You know, yeah. your own nutritional levels, how much sleep, caffeine intake, exercise, all of that. You know, Taking the, the whole breaks, is- I think, during the mediation, people sometimes get very, that. very, it, it's, a, it's a tough that. job when you're out there. Yeah. 100%, 100%. And it's, it's that, you know, that idea of being a holistic mediator inside the room and outside the room and, and all of that, helps with their ability to to do to, to be to perform a number one skill which is to listen as mediators right you know and and to help other people listen as well yeah yeah no i think that's right and um i think that it's also people seem to have a different ability to manage the process if they're trusted and they're yeah. authentic and people could you know i think parties can are aware of that if you're trying too hard or you're 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 feeling under pressure it's almost and we we did a very very fascinating um training exercise called the forum theater and what we did we get actors and the the people watching can freeze and turn things back and and reverse and one of our mediators actually had a really really tough job Um, and her job was to uh, pretend to be an ineffective mediator (laughs) And it's quite hard. It's quite counterintuitive. So she had to really um, do a lot of things wrong. And then people would, you know, give hints at what could you do. And one of the things that I think was really, really painful, you could see, was um, losing control of the, you know, letting the parties just get completely out of hand and losing control yeah. of, the, of, of the process. I, I think it's so important to, to be authentic and be yourself well. True. And I forget oh, one so um, actor, I can't remember who it was, said, you know, um, authenticity is, 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 is quite key. You know, you must be authentic. But if you can fake that, then you've yeah. really, you've really <laughs> made it. Yeah. But, yeah, totally. um, <laughs> yeah. So, so what are you working on at the moment, um, Ender? What's, uh, what, what's, yeah. what's in store over the next uh, few months in, uh, in NI? Yeah. For, so for us, we're launching a whole new bunch of, of, of programs, really, over, over the next year. 
um, and and we have a whole bunch of partnerships uh, which um, we're working on as well uh, with the likes of organizations like yourselves, people who are doing really innovative work. Um, and my attitude to partnerships are, you know, organizations like yourselves who are doing really innovative stuff and us that can hopefully add to that, then I think that's a really good um, start to conversations, you know, people doing podcasts and so on, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I very much hope that we can work on a, on a project together. We've identified a, a, a few things, so watch this space. But not least, because I, I, I just love coming to Belfast and I love the, the, the vibe there and it's it's, it's wonderful to, 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 to come and see you. So um, I think if that that's a great excuse for, for, for work, as far as I'm concerned, to come and, um, and work with people who we enjoy working with, you know. Uh, it's a very, very different uh, uh, vibe, I think, in uh, yeah. Belfast. It's a very, um, I don't know how you'd describe it if you haven't been there, but it's very different from the hustle and bustle of London and, mm. uh, and, and, and Greater London. And, you know, we work nationally. And I think just it's a, it's a short hop and skip, yeah. but it's, it's it, the, 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 the feeling is very different, isn't it, when you're in yeah. It, it is. It, 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 it is, and it's it's a great. I mean, for me, is it's a great part of the world, as well. You know, Adam. You know, in terms of everything from you know the North Coast, still you know we're Game of Thrones tours and all the tourism stuff. But there's a real, you know, I think warmth to to this part of the world. I think in terms of you know, and I think that background over what we've came through and what we're currently doing as well. There, there's a whole, um, I guess, not just legacy of this part of the world. But also, it's made us who we are as people yeah. as well, you yeah. know. No, I think so, that's right. So, so, so absolutely, Adam, you're always welcome over to Mediation House on Thank University Street. Much. And um, and as I said, we've got a whole bunch of new um, a new a new um, projects that we're rolling out next year that we'll be delighted to, to see what we can do together as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I really hope we can uh, we we can work together on one of those. And um, we, we we we've got our our podcast our first podcast done. So that's uh, that that that's wonderful <laughs> and uh, really really wonderful to talk to you and hear a a different perspective from. Uh, you know that people may not have uh, uh, have heard about. Um, so thank you very much for, for for being on, and we look forward to, uh, to to working with you in the future. Watch this space. Thank you very much, Ender. Thanks for having me, Adam. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mediation Matters. Please remember to subscribe for future episodes.